Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome, everyone. I'm Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I couldn't begin unpacking the celebrity drama today without the help of my two in-the-know guest hosts, the lady counting down the days to the Oscars, Miss Gwen Flamberg. My Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, it is. It's all of our Super Bowl because we don't care about sports on this podcast. And the woman counting down the days until Machine Gun Kelly and Maggie, Megan Fox's not yet announced wedding. Sarah Huron. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not looking forward to the Oscars. I like my Sundays um, not watching award shows, but I'll be watching anyway. <laughs> Rough trade for you to be in. Today, we have some celebrity spanking, a royal pregnancy, rough sex, the casting of a new Tiger King, a Froyo shop in the hot seat, and how the Kardashians have influenced Bridgerton. But let's start off with our woe of the week, the stories that just made us gasp, made our mouths agape. Gwen Flamberg, what made you go woe this week? I mean, this is short and sweet, but I just need to share. And also, I need to know what Sarah Heron thinks of it. My woe of the week is like, what the heck is that new tattoo that Machine Gun Kelly got down his neck like a big, giant, gory slash? I mean, every day is not Halloween. Sarah, how are you feeling about this ink on MGK? Uh, My official statement is it's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's alarming. It's upsetting. Um, He he didn't need any more tattoos, especially on his neck like that. Um, I I don't love it. I don't love it. But I, I still love him. Just another reason to say, whoa. (laughs) And it's not even on his neck. It's in the middle of his throat, like that right area, bright red. Horribly, horribly tragic. It's it's alarming. Again, it's upsetting. It's alarming. I don't know what I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's what being hardcore means these days. Well, I'm gonna go before Sarah because I know what made her go whoa this week. My woe this week is uh <clears throat> Kim Kardashian's pet bearded lizard, pet bearded dragon. I'm sorry, pet bearded dragon, which is uh this yellow lizard looking pet creature. And while the pet does not upset me, um the picture of Northwest and 
and this pet bearded dragon that they got from a friend is dressed in fuzzy skims, one pieces. <laughs> and never in my life would I thought I would see a pet bearded dragon dressed in a cozy skims, like hooded fuzzy robe. I mean, it's more of a woe and more of like a WTF, but you know, God bless them for keeping us on our toes. You know who I else mean, has a bearded dragon? Who? The Spelling McDermott family. Maybe Kim can send them some skims. Oh, maybe they can. But they have every single planet, every single animal on the planet. They're like Noah's Ark in that house. So I'm not yeah, that surprised. Are. But Travis, don't you have that fuzzy skims thing? Like you've got to do a who wore best with the bearded dragon. I do. Oh. Oh my God, Sarah, please submit it. But how could we ever compete with those beautiful scaly skins? So true. All right, right. Sarah Huron, I know what it's going to be. Tell the listeners what made you, I can't even imagine your reaction to this story. You guys, I was sitting on my couch. I had just stopped working. It was Wednesday night. I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a statement on Jana Kramer's Instagram. And at first I was like, all right, it's like a book quote. It's a podcast quote, a song lyric. But no, it was the moment we've been waiting for. The moment that I have tried to manifest, which is horrible. And I'm a horrible person, whatever. Jana Kramer and Mike Cosson are no more. She has filed for divorce after nearly six years of marriage. The rumors are swirling. The reports are in. Allegedly, 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 there was some cheating again. It's her final straw. And she wrote, and I quote, I fought y'all. I've loved hard. I've forgiven. I've put the work in. I've given everything I have. And now I have nothing else to give. I just can't fight any longer. It's time to heal. Thank you for all the love, heart, and support in the many ways you fought on this journey alongside me. Yeah, I have, Jana. For that, I am grateful. I'll always encourage you to continue the good fight, but you can't fight it alone. Broken heart emoji. It's time, she says. Okay. So, I mean, so much to unpack here, but can I just start with people forget Sarah Heron doesn't forget, but people forget that these two actually broke up within like the first two weeks of dating in in 2014 because he cheated on her. Then, then they got back together. They got married that December very quick. Then they have the kid. Then us weekly breaks the news that, you know, Michael Costin's in sex addiction rehab. And, and she's on her with like 13 to 15 women. It was yeah, a great cover. It was great. Married <laughs> to a sex addict. Never forget. And ironically, right before that, I had met Jana Kramer. I hadn't, wasn't working here yet. I met her at a concert. I was drunk and I told her to enjoy the baby. And I, I had no idea <laughs> that I was about to go on this journey with Jana because I like her music. I like One Tree Hill. And pretty much ever since then, she, she, she pivoted to become this like, I don't know what she is. Love personality her personality you know whole thing but wife is already out of the instagram bio i mean i obviously feel bad for the kids five and two so young but i mean there's so much about their parents on the internet that they put out there and the the book came out less than six months ago you guys the book about saving their marriage came out less than six months ago usa today's headline was Jana Kramer and Mike Cosson, who co-wrote book about relationships split i'm like it, like it's, it's wild i mean travis what do you think or can you believe that she actually did it I think, this, I think this is the closest Jana Kramer will ever get to being like Beyonce, where she took a man cheating on her and turned it into an empire and what she's known for. So I got to give her kudos for that. And I, like you, mainly influenced because of you, am just so happy that she left this dude. I you know, want to have sympathy for people with sex addictions, but this guy was just treated her like trash. And it was very obvious, even in his mea culpas, he seemed 
was so insincere and like he was never gonna change i listened to her wind down podcast a couple times when i was required um but <laughs> required he just never required reading for school and i just never thought he was sorry or good for her and i'm so glad she's wised up can I also just say, like, I mean, she's 37. This is her third marriage. I'm not like judging her, but she has openly said her own thing. She's called herself a love addict. She has, you know, been, she was engaged to someone else also. Like she gets in relationships really quickly and she's she's openly said, like, if you don't fall in love with me in two weeks, like I'm not interested. She's admitted to cheating in the past. Obviously he's cheated on her several times. So I just think the combination, in addition to him being a sex addict and in my opinion, not a great guy, she and her struggles with relationships and like i don't know if there was enough therapy in the world to save this relationship because they certainly tried like they are in therapy independently and together all the time but like throwing in now maybe apparently a alleged bravo camera with this real houses of nashville rumor like I hope that's happening now. Well, that's the interesting part is that she has finally got her own gig that doesn't have to do with Mike and her relationships, even though I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing a breakup podcast coming soon. All I about Jenna Craver's, you know, guide to breaking up and being free. You're Does welcome, they take Jenna his name title. out of the podcast title now? Absolutely. But the timing that she is on this new allegedly on the housewives of nashville with bravo seems that maybe this was the push that she needed to sort of get away from him and stand on her own two feet because her entertainment value was so intrinsically tied to him and now she sort of has a leg to stand on by her own and smart for her for being a housewife who gets divorced before the first season because we know it is such a curse for a housewife in a faulty marriage to go on and get divorced right after the first season. I mean, those two wouldn't have lasted 10 seconds on a reality show married. I mean, it's insane. It reminds me of Demi Lovato, which I know we're going to get into with the Froyo stuff, but she made a whole brand on like her sobriety. And now it's like inviting people to judge and have their opinions on your sobriety and like talk about it all the time. And Janet Kramer and Mike Costin did the same thing with their relationship. And like, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but like you can't expect people to not have opinions and comments. Like, I feel like this is just the big, I wanted to rewrite the book the same way I want Erica Jane to rewrite her book with what really happened. Now, we need Jana to rewrite the book and and not be all preachy about like how to save your marriage and tell us what the hell was really going on. Yeah, and if you've read that book, I guess just disregard all that information. Colton because... disregard that book. Jana disregard that book. I mean, I guess I should stop <laughs> reading celebrity memoirs until they're years later. The Jessica Simpson, Demi Moore, like years later when they can really talk about it. <laughs> Well, good luck to Jana Kramer. I hope she is on the Housewives of Nashville and gets a fresh start away from this serial cheater. Who is she going to date? Oh, God, I'm scared. I'm honestly scared for whatever relationship she gets into based on this one. Same. Oh, my goodness. Well, good luck to that lady. Well, <laughs> you mentioned this a little bit, but we have covered a lot of epic celebrity feuds over the years. Megan versus Kate, Ariana Grande versus a donut. And now we have Demi Lovato versus Sugar Free Froyo. Sarah Huron, what can you tell us about this, quote, triggering an awful visit to a Los Angeles yogurt shop? Right. The Big Chill, which what I've learned very quickly, very beloved LA yeah, it's a big one for Froyo. Yes. I mean, you had certain celebs, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Jason Kennedy coming to fence to this Froyo shop. Um, but yeah, Demi took to Instagram as, as she does. She said she was very upset because she left this yogurt shop without Froyo because she was so triggered by everything she saw walking up to the counter. These were sugar-free options, um, things that she was referring to as these diet vengeances or something. Um, 
and took to Instagram and people, you know, I think people try to sympathize with her and her eating disorder and everything. She's cause she's always been open about how the eating disorder kind of triggered the substance abuse. And it's, it's very sad. And a lot of people can relate to body issues. However, you know, Demi Lovato and her millions and millions of Lovatics and followers coming for this yogurt shop. A lot of people are pissed and saying, you know, how dare you during, especially during a time like this, like come for a small business. And maybe, you know, there's people who have diabetes and other dietary restrictions who do need these sugar-free treats. And, you know, it's not all necessarily about you, Demi Lovato. Um, so I think her, and she apologized for her messaging. And I think the least we can say is her messaging was off. Oh my God, Gwen! Have you ever tried to take down a yogurt or restaurant because they offered something you didn't like? I mean, never, and certainly, certainly not a Froyo place because everybody loves Froyo, and I especially love Froyo. And there were years and years and years in college and after college, basically all I ate for like two meals a day was Froyo. It's all good. It's all good, it's- Demi. Come on, relax. It's just ridiculous. She, when I watched the video and she's like, you know, how dare they have sugar-free and gluten-free options advertised for people, you know, with celiac and diabetes. <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. And while I really want to support Demi Lovato through everything she has gone for, I really, really feel her, you know, she goes through a lot of internal demons. She makes it really, really hard to be on her side. She really does. She really does. It's kind of like the same thing. Like every Demi Lovato documentary you watch, she says that the last one, you know, she was lying. Colton Underwood yeah. writes this whole book. Now everything we know like wasn't true. Jenna Kramer and Mike, I mean, not that it's not true to some degree, like I guess it's true at the time, but it's just like this weird new trend of celebrities telling all and then coming back and be like, actually, I, I didn't tell anything. Let's move on to Meghan Markle as an irregular mom. She's a cool mom. And we've got some (laughs) updates on her second pregnancy. A source tells us Meghan has been craving pasta, but she's been trying to eat super clean and doing her best to avoid gluten. Shout out to Demi Lovato. A source exclusively revealed in the new issue of Us Weekly, Meghan is a big fruit eater and eats organic only, all organic. The insider adds that she does yoga every single day, sometimes twice a day. It's what keeps her healthy, both physically physically and mentally during the pregnancy. This pregnancy has been a little easier than the last one in terms of less morning sickness. Megan is feeling much better this time around. We know, of course, that it's a girl from the CBS interview, and we heard that they have the names narrowed down, and Harry is going to be the one to pick their daughter's new name. Yay! Very exciting. Gwen, you know, as an Anglophile, Royalphile, whatever your pleasure, do you have any thought of what Harry might pick for a favorite, you know, past relative or someone. I really hope that it is a nod to Diana, but in a cool way. Like I'm hoping that the baby will be called Dee Dee. You know, I'm just, just going out on a limb because I do think that the baby's name is not going to be a traditional name. You know, Mm -hmm. we saw with Archie, it's like they buck tradition so I'm hoping that it's a nod to Diana and, you know, maybe it's Dee Dee. Maybe it'll just be Diana because, you know, the name Diana has major like feminist vibes. Diana was mm-hmm. the Greek, you know, goddess of the hunt, like a, a warrior. I, I think that we'll see. But that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping. And I think that I that love kind of Diana. Yeah, I think at the very least, it'll be a name that starts with D because Doria, her mom starts with D as well. So I could definitely see some sort of tribute there. 
Yeah, and I, Princess Diana's middle name is Francis. So I mean, uh, Fran, you know, shout out to all the Frans out there. Maybe but... they'll be um, their dirty dancing stands and they'll name the, the child Baby um, after Francis <laughs> from Dirty Dancing and Diana. Maybe they'll name the baby Jody. Jody for Doria, <laughs> Diana, and Jody, who was Diana's great love at the end of her life. Dodo. Oh Please Excuse don't me. name the baby Dodo, whatever Jody, you do. Jody, Jody, Jody. Dodie. Dodie. I, I don't know about Dodie either. Right, Glenn. I'm just, I'm just going to go for I'm just going to go with Diana. Sorry. I would. Diana would be so amazing. So impactful. We can hope. But Prince Harry sort of has other things on his mind right now. With all eyes on Prince Harry at Philip's funeral, it seems that Harry did nothing to put the fun in funeral when it came to repairing his family riffs. We know we have heard from sources that Harry couldn't wait to return to his heavily pregnant wife and Archie. He is happy to be back in Montecito. He arrived there on April 20th, and he did not stay through for his grandmother's birthday. We'd also heard from a source that Kate Middleton was playing peacemaker between Harry and William. And there were, of course, photos of them along with Charles walking, having a little stroll together, talking. But a source told us that he you know, didn't really have the conversation with Charles that he needed to have. The source says they did not get the one-on-one time to really mend their riffs, but things are better. So it seems like sort of a little wishy-washy, like Kate played Peacemaker, the boys made up a little bit, but things are still on edge. I have many thoughts about this. Tell us, when. what were you thinking when you were watching the funeral? All right, so first, you know what I was thinking, Sarah Heron, because you were the first person that I texted <laughs> post-haste Yes, when I saw the little reunion that was captured. I mean, I will say it was a very close second to that moment at backstage, the SAGs 2020, when Brad Pitt oh. and Jennifer Aniston had that very fleeting yet deeply powerful moment. Much. Both less than 30 seconds, but very impactful. Yes. You know, I mean, the whole funeral, the march with... Very, very handsome Peter Phillips acting as a pawn in between (laughs) Harry and William to keep the peace. That was interesting. But really that like, you know, maybe it was less than a minute. Maybe I want to I want to think it was around 90 seconds that, you know, the awesome trio was sort of back together. You saw Kate, William and Harry in conversation. You know, of course, I loved so much that the British tabloids all had like you know, lip reading experts and body language experts. And I'm like, guys, you can't see anybody's lips. They were wearing masks. <laughs> Nobody knows what they were saying, but they did look really cordial. And it was just so great to see the three of them together. And also I'm really into Kate's coat. It was just absolutely stunning. Now, in terms of Harry having the conversation with Charles, guys, this was a funeral. Like, Charles's father just passed away. He, you know, it's all compounded by the issues that have been going on in that family this year. So I don't think it's surprising that that conversation wasn't had on this trip. I really, really would have liked for Harry to have stayed an extra few days for his grandmother, who is also the queen, (laughs) the queen of England and the Commonwealth. Like, Come on, dude. Turning 95. She just lost her husband, her partner of 73 years. Like, stay to blow out some freaking candles with her, dude. You know, I wish she would have stayed, but I'm sure that was part of the message. I don't know. 
I think that that I think you're right that that was part of the message because you know we did confirm that Megan really is too pregnant to travel over there, but yeah. she's not quite too pregnant for him to have not be able to stay a week. You know, she's due she's due far enough out that he didn't have to rush home because you know Megan was having Braxton Hicks that we know about, and I really wish that he had stayed to see Gan Gan a little bit for her birthday, <laughs> and I think that really could have helped to heal this rift. At least Sarah, we heard he spent a little bit of time with her, right? Like he had a couple conversations with her, yes. even if they avoided any any drama. And as much as you know, I, I have mixed feelings about Miss Meghan Markle. That's been well established. The Little Mermaid, if you will. But I did think it was very nice that she had, you know, a part in picking out the flowers for the wreath and all that stuff. And that was out there because she does get vilified a little too much sometimes. And this is a funeral. And I thought it was nice that however, you know, the media learns that information, they learned it. And Meghan, you know, didn't necessarily have to be attacked on on a day that was very sad for the family. So I'll say that to be nice. But yeah, I, I, I wish he stayed longer too. Yeah, it was really nice. The makeup was very elegant of her to pick out the flowers, send a handwritten note. We also heard from a source that Megan and Archie um, had FaceTime, Zoom time with the Queen. So the Queen did get to see Archie a little bit. It seems like Megan was really doing her part. I'm more mad at Harry for not staying longer. Megan was fine in all of this. But, you know, that's the way it goes. We well, only have a few more months till he's supposed to be back for that Diana statue in July. So, well, hopefully that also goes. Oh, I know. Maybe this was step one and that'll be step two. More Maybe to somehow the coronavirus will totally be gone in the UK, even though they're not doing very well. And we can see so their faces doing without better. <laughs> they're doing better now, but they're definitely still going to have the mask mandate for sure. Yeah. But I am hoping that Harry brings little mini Diana to the Diana <laughs> statue unveiling. So I'm wow. Oh my God, that is a young baby to travel, but very possible. Yeah. Eva Mendez has started some controversy over her Instagram post. Gwen, what had she been saying about spanking? Well, she's not a proponent of it, Trav, but so much so that she stated spanking does for a child's development what hitting a spouse does for a marriage. And when she posted that on Instagram, I mean, her fans just like went bonkers and nuts. I completely agree with her, by the way. You know, I've, I've got to say, I think she's totally right. And I agree with all of her personal choices, like marrying Ryan Gosling, come on, having babies with Ryan Gosling, I mean, and keeping it all super duper private. There's yeah. nothing that she can do that I would really disagree with, but, you know, some of her fans disagreed. And here's what's so cool. She actually then responded to a couple of different people on Instagram saying, thank you for your comment. So happy to agree to disagree. I want this page to offer that in a loving way. We all parent in our own way, and I have no idea what I'm doing most of the time. This didn't come with a manual, so when there's something that resonates with me, I pass it on. Lots of love. Like, she's very, very, you know, she's not argumentative. She's just like, she's actually, sorry, Meghan Markle, Ava Mendez is actually a cool mom. She keeps it real. I mean, geez, if I looked like Ava Mendez and Ooh. if I got to sleep with Ryan Gosling, I don't know if I'd be as nice as she is, but she's real nice. Uh, 
Demi Lovato needs to take note on how to have a conversation and disagreement. Yes. That's Demi right. Lovato and Ava Mendes right. should really, really meet up. And, you know, I can't let an opportunity pass letting everyone know that Ryan Gosling is so much taller and beefier than you think he is in person. Really? And it's just, oh, my God, he's so much taller and wider than you believe. And everything is just so right with that one. So, you know, great job, Eva Mendes. Well, Angelina Jolie's upcoming movie might be called Those Who Wish Me Dead, but it seems her directing career is the one that has passed because of Brad Pitt, or so she says. Uh, she that was told, so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Angelina <laughs> told Entertainment Weekly, I love directing, but I had a change in my family situation that has not made it possible for me to direct for a few years, Angelina Jolie shadily said. She says, there just hasn't been enough time to commit to my dream of directing. Therefore, Angelina had to skip six. She had to take, she had to skip directing jobs and take acting jobs to keep up with the demands of Hollywood and family life. Angelina said, I needed just to do shorter jobs and be home more. So I kind of went back to doing a few acting jobs. And that's the truth of it. To remind everyone, Jolie and Pitt ended their two-year marriage in September while their divorce has yet to be finalized. They were both legally declared single since 2019, but they are still continuing to negotiate their divorce as their custody battle over their six children raises on. Uh, the court documents and their trace are private and sealed, but Jolie's accusations over Brad Pitt's abusive behavior has been leaked to the blast. And I really, this comment didn't like sit well with me. It seems sort of like a jab to Brad in the press because all of these court documents are legal. What do you guys think? I'm just waiting for like the Brad Pitt cover story where he like makes subtle references to his personal life and stuff. Cause I feel like Angelina has been, um, more open in the last couple of months and year really about things. And she hints at it. Like you said, like we all know what your family situation was homegirl. Like you fucking one, <laughs> sorry, you're freaking one half of Brangelina, <laughs> like relax. But, um, I think he hasn't really said much. And as much as I, he probably doesn't want to maybe for the kids, like for me personally, I would love for him to get a little messy. So I think mm -hmm. he should take this opportunity <laughs> as a time to maybe respond and see how he feels about her, him allegedly putting down her directing career. Forget the high road. Forget the high road, Brad. Go low. Take a I jab. I mean, take that note from Jana Kramer's playbook, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like such a bummer. I mean, it's just so it's wild to me. Like I, I know there is so much reporting on all of this, but I still would really have loved to have been a fly on the wall of that household for like the last couple years of their marriage and then some it's just sort of hard to take a side even with all of these back and forth and That's this custody right. battle has been going on for way too long and when it's been going on for way too this long it makes me want to scream at both the parents like grow the hell up and you know sort this out for your children i you know am not a divorce attorney nor am i a child welfare expert but it is taking way too damn long to reach an agreement because i have covered a lot of these in the past and this is absolutely the longest one there is so get it together kids it's just ugly you're exactly right it's impossible to pick a side because it, they just both come out looking really really lousy yeah um, and so tell that to our directing career let's move on to a happier question mark story Kourtney Kardashian wants to push it. 
Um, oh, she recently shared it. She wants to push it real good. She recently shared an article from her Poosh lifestyle website titled, What Does It Mean When Someone, in all caps, Enjoys Rough Sex? <laughs> she, she posted, all in caps, rough sex. Love it or leave it. Her Instagram story, along with an image of the article um, of a woman wearing underwear emblazoned with the word we. And it says, so many questions and thought running through our minds right now as we're thinking about rough sex, the article says. It's not for everyone, but we're fans and wanted to investigate the kinky bedroom preference. The story goes on to explore the psychology behind the preference, with a therapist saying, quote, our sexual fantasies are not necessarily reflective of what we enjoy in our non-sexual lives. Now... This obviously comes on the tail of lots of finger-sucking videos, lots of Instagram loves. I mean, Sarah, and of course, and with the keeping up with the Kardashians, Scott saying he doesn't like to see her with other women. Sarah, tell us there's a... This other, yeah, well, probably with other women is fine. But yeah, I doesn't want to see her with any other men. Sarah, dig us deep into this very loaded rough sex story. (laughs) The drink every time you heard Travis say rough sex. Um, No, I mean, I think this Travis Barker relationship was the best thing that ever could have happened to Poosh. I'll tell you that much because that that birthday tribute with the makeout photos and the video of her sucking his thumb that I'm still trying to get out of my head. Um link back now to this push article so whoever in the most recent episode of kardashians the push team was not doing well so they got it together and now are capitalizing on these headlines about courtney and her sex life and pda with travis and honestly kudos because no one was reading push as far as i know once they got the avocado little smoothie recipe i don't know who was running back oh yeah so happy for you courtney Slightly concerned for you. You know your children do have the internet and will be reading and watching these videos, whether you think they are or not. You know, Addison Ray has commented how much in love she is with their relationship, her parents. All very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. And while I like to play celebrity trivia games and I like to quiz people on if they can name all of the plastic surgery procedures Heidi Montag got on that one day, and if they can name all the ingredients in Kourtney Kardashian's avocado smoothie, and it is just ridiculous. But you're right. That was the one thing on Poosh that was interesting. But, you know, kudos to her for capitalizing on this. Poor K, no. (laughs) You go, girl. And for one last time, rough sex. Rough just because <laughs> the, the all caps really, really got me with that one. Oh I just my God. thank you to the copywriters at Poosh. I feel right. like with Poosh, they're just knocking off Goop. And so it's like, if Goop does sexual wellness posts, how can we do it the Poosh way? Take it away, Trav. How can they do it? Rough sex. <laughs> Poosh it That's- real good. <laughs> Well, Jen Shaw is back to filming and looking at 20 years behind bars. But will she shank or swim? <laughs> um, Sarah Huron, tell us if she's headed to the big house or to the reunion couch. Wow. Okay. We're really on one today. I'm loving yeah. this episode, self-promoting <laughs> ourselves. Um, Jen Shaw, yes, she is filming again. Very exciting. Filming with the cast again for the first time as Weekly revealed after her arrest last month. And, you know, as Jen Shaw, as one does, she has been on Instagram quite a bit um, posting about her true friends. And I quote, true friends will be by your side through it all. Hashtag Shaw squad, hashtag Shaw strong, hashtag justice for Jen Shaw. 
Um, and, you know, as someone who's been accused of defrauding hundreds of people over the age of 55 through an alleged telemarketing scheme, I feel as though it is bold to promote your own justice hashtag, but it's also what we need from a housewife who is potentially going to jail. So while I think she's out of her goddamn mind, I also appreciate it. I also love that her true friends, hashtag Shaw Squad, are also those Employees. indicted and her co-conspirators. Correct. The one assistant and God knows who else that was involved in this alleged scheme. I they they a lot of the Shaw Squad, everyone who's not in charge of anything other than her clothing and hair and appointments is aware that they are scamming old people for money. Gwen, do you think she's going to jail? Are you happy that she is, you know, being a true housewife and pretending that nothing is wrong and doing a true narcissist self? <laughs> I always wonder, it's like do they really feel like they didn't do anything wrong or are they just so lapping up the attention and the drama? I do think she might go to jail. I mean, this is kind of one of the biggest scandals, bigger even than the whole Judice scandal. Yeah. You know, like I, So I do think that she's going up the river. I do think that she enjoys stoking the flames over it. I find it really, really interesting. You know, Salt Lake City is, uh, again, just really something. Uh, it is. And you're right. These allegations, Teresa and Joe defrauded people with a lot of money. They were mortgage companies who had sort of, you know, really a lot of money themselves. But this is a different situation that I think the court is not going to take as kindly to. And no. we both know how the Judice has turned out. So, you know, good luck. I hope the show goes well. I'm glad you're filming. Thank God you're filming. That's all I have to say. Thank God. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Another social media star has been caught DMing minors. James Charles, more allegations that he is, you know, DMing people for sex who are under the age of 18. James Charles has 25.5 million subscribers on YouTube and has been accused of, but has been accused by more than 15 men and boys of sexual misconduct, including underage sexting allegations. James Charles's YouTube channel was demonetized by YouTube, so he can't make any more money. And in a statement to The Guardian, he said, we can confirm that we have applied our creator responsibility policy and temporarily removed James Charles from the YouTube partner program. The policy, the policy states, if we see that a creator and on or off the platform behavior harms our users, community, or employees, or ecosystem, we may take the power to protect the community. It adds that YouTube may take action against the creators who intended to cause malicious harm to others or who caused real harm. Last week, the beauty brand Morphe cut ties with Charles in a statement posted to Twitter saying, in light of recent allegations against James Charles, blah, 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 agreed to end our business. We've read these before. Early in the month, James posted a video in which he addresses the allegations and he says, quote, I was being reckless. These conversations should have never happened. And... <laughs> he says, I trusted the information that was given to me rather than the information I could have gotten myself. And it's just a really, really bad story that we've seen before, not only from James Charles, but from a lot of social media stars where they're clearly teenagers and these people are DMing with them. Sarah, you're into all this YouTube drama. Were you shocked? The answer is no. Yeah. I mean, I have a few thoughts that come to mind. First of all, 
kids these days to stop Snapchatting with people and making your relationship like this and sending nude photos. You have no idea how old the person is on the other end, Jerry from Cheer. Like, it's just not <laughs> worth the risk that you are potentially thinking. James Charles is worth so much money. He has such a big following. And the yeah. craziest thing about this is it's, like you said, not the first time. These allegations come out like every couple months. And there's always like a little bit of attention. But for whatever reason, this time, Morphe stepping up, YouTube stepping up, like it was a big deal that they, you know, said something, demonetized him, discontinued the line or whatever. And I think it's 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 kind of like YouTube is having this big moment that every, uh, obviously we had like Me Too, we've had so many different like things happen in Hollywood, but YouTube, it's such a younger like group. And I think it's taken a little while because we had, you know, everything happened with David Dobrik, now everything happening with, um, with like Shane Dawson in the past. And it's kind of like this YouTube uprising of, you know, this isn't okay that we made these like people very famous, a lot of power at such a young age and they're taking advantage of it. Like it's gross. And I, I don't know. It, the other thing about YouTube though, is everything comes full circle. These people always like end up back on the platform yeah. or end up re- revamping it. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with James Charles. Cause this is gross. And I watched that YouTube video where he apologized and yeah. he said, quote, I'm just desperate and it's sad. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like that was a choice to say out loud. Well, that's the problem though. And especially with JC, like narcissist, he is a narcissist who just didn't think that he would get busted. Like, this is what I find so fascinating. He literally just didn't think, he just thought that he could do that. When you have a massive platform and you have the level of fame that you've achieved, you really have to act responsibly. And hopefully this will be a wake up call for the next generation of influencers. But we shall see, right? Yeah, we shall see because this feels like, you know, the big bank bailout that James Charles is sort of like too big to fail from YouTube that he is caught sexting minors and they're like, oh, no, you have such a great following. Please come back to us. Um, those Demilio girls at all costs. God knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. Addison Ray, they're all at their top right now. Someone's Abs- due for a TikTok scandal. Absolutely. Just stay away from minors and like, don't say anything racist. Just really, there's just a couple <laughs> rules. Not that hard, guys. No. Not that hard. Well, if wagons were easier to stay on, a lot more of us would have beat the Oregon Trail. Kelly Osborne <laughs> knows because she has fallen off but gotten back on. She has opened up about relapsing on her sobriety recently and gotten back on. She said, quote, this is a little hard for me to talk about, but I've always promised you that I will be honest with you about where I'm at, my road to recovery. She shared on her Instagram story. She says, I relapse, not proud of it, but I'm back on track. She says she's sober today and will be sober tomorrow. She says, quote, but I've learned it truly is just one day at a time. And I just want to tell you guys the truth because I never, ever want to lie to you. Thank you so much for your support and love. I think this is a really good example for Demi Lovato as well, someone who's dealing with their sobriety to just sort of be upfront about it. I think that Kelly has so much more of a healthy relationship to the public and the media and like, therefore her sobriety. And this was, this was something I liked. This was something I liked. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you always move on a rooting for people to be successful in their sobriety, no matter who they are. Um, and I think it's admirable to talk about it and be candid and try to help people. But I think there is sometimes a line where it gets 
a little bit bizarre when you're like making a career off it. Like even Demi Lovato's whole new album is like a lot of songs about it. And I'm not saying yeah. like artists write about what's happening in their life, obviously, but you're just opening up to a lot of people having opinions. So, and I don't think Demi Lovato is going to take that very well. Me neither. <laughs> well, this reality star has a new man and it's most likely not A-Rod. Sarah Huron, what is Madison LaCroix doing? Is she with A-Rod? Is she not? Who do she be dating? Oh, Madison, 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 in Austin Kroll's voice from Southern Charm. So basically, um, obviously, we know J-Rod and A-Rod, J-Rod and A-Rod, J-Lo and A-Rod are over mm-hmm. Dunzo, and everyone was bringing the Madison stuff back up, naturally, as one does. Um, sources, you know, did tell us that J-Lo had some trust issues with A-Rod, not a shock. And Madison, I think, sick of people commenting on her Instagram photos about it, responded to someone saying she has a boyfriend. Now, the identity of this man has not been totally revealed. We're hearing it might be um, not a famous person, which is why we don't know exactly who it is quite yet. But there was also these rumors that she was making out with Whitney from Southern Charm at a bar in Charleston, which was quite shocking if you watch the show because he's older and they just didn't really seem like a match made in heaven. But she is close to his mother, Patricia. Um, but a source has told us that it was n- it's not Whitney who she's dating. And I think time will tell situation on who Madison is dating, but she wanted it out there because she's sick of everyone, you know, blaming her on the J-Rod split, but also like she released a statement saying I'm wishing them the best. So, you know, these, <laughs> these D-listers, it's hard to keep track. It sure is. You know, good, good luck to Madison. Well, it's Lady Whistle down here. Word is society's favorite large bottom sisters are tickled millennial pink because of their impact on the dresses of the season. Lady Dash, formerly Lady West, has been praised by the French dressmaker for influencing some of the dresses on Bridgerton. Gwen, tell us why Kim is so excited to be an influence on Bridgerton and why the Kardashian sisters are the sort of ugly stepsisters on the show Bridgerton. So let's just rewind back to the beginning when Nicola Coughlin, who plays Penelope Featherington on Bridgerton and also is, was revealed to be Lady Whistledown herself, Nicola Coughlin, who is a British act- actress, tweeted as the world's number one Bridgerton stan, does Kim Kardashian know that the Kardashians were a massive inspiration for the Featheringtons and we talked about them all the time during our fittings because I feel like she should know this. So basically, Kim freaked out, of course, and she responded, what in all caps? I'm freaking out, like seven exclamation points. This tweet was sent to me on my Bridgerton group chat. Can I please come to a fitting? It would make my whole life. I love you, Lady W. Lots of exclamation points here. Now, what I find so hilarious is that the Featheringtons are not a... um, Glamorous. Well, it's just they're not a very attractive bunch in the way they look or in the way they act. You know, of course, it is like three sisters and... They kind of like want to be the most popular, but they are like very hilariously not. So it's just so funny, like how flattered Kim was by this. Yeah. When actually it's kind of like not a very attractive portrayal, kind of hilarious. And now, you know, of course, like the Bridgerton books were written way before Keeping Up with the Kardashians was ever a thing. So it's not like the Kardashians influence the characters but it's the way that nicola and the actresses actually portrayed the three sisters so i mean this is there's so much shade going on here but it's also like phenomenally awesome 
it is it is it really made me sort of like like him that she doesn't mind being this sort of like second tier sort of desperate group group of sisters but like is she in on the joke i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's very fair well there was only one king of 2020 and he was a king of tigers. I hope you guys heard about the new Tiger King movie casting because there are a couple different ones. The Joe Exotic, an upcoming limited series adaptation of the Wondery podcast, also inspired the Netflix hit Tiger King, has added an exciting new face to this cast. John Cameron Mitchell, who I love from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, who is amazing, has been cast as Joe Exotic and Kate McKinnon, of course, of SNL and, you know, just being a hysterical person overall, will be Carol Baskin in the limited series. And CBS is also doing a version about a newspaper article about Joe Exotic, and he will be played by Nicolas Cage which I think is fantastic. Gwen, maybe the biggest Tiger King fan out there when it was on. What do you think of this casting? Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin is maybe the most brilliant casting like ever, 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 ever. I'm into the whole thing. I can't wait. Me too. I also love, I love John Cameron Mitchell, but Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic is fantastic. Yeah, that's like if you could like, if you could just dream up the most perfect, like satirical, not satirical cast. It's amazing. Thank you world for giving us this gift. Do you guys know what it's time for? Oh my oh, God. No. Are we going to box? Is it Jake it needs Paul? A box. Are we thriller vibe with Jake Paul and the other, and the MA, MMA fighter? Yes, we are doing a Jake Paul inspired celebrity birthday boxing mania. All right, we have got some heavy hitters to guys today. I do not know how this is going to go. Let us start with the first round. We have Tim Curry, who in this bouch is dressed as Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show, who has turned 75 this week, versus Kate Hudson, who turned 42 this week. Gwen Flamberg. I mean, this is a really tough one because there are a lot of things that I love about Kate Hudson. Like, I still dream of the yellow dress when she was Andy Anderson and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mm-hmm. And Penny Lane is still, to me, one of the best characters ever to hit the big screen. Also, I'm a devotee of Fabletics, <laughs> and I know that, you know, Kate is in a really great shape, especially in the ring. She boxes, does all that in her cute fitness wear. But I grew up going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight. And nobody nice. can beat Tim Curry. He would knock her right out of the ring with a little jump to the left. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the pelvic thrust that really drives her insane, Gwen. Isn't that right? <laughs> that is right. That Well, congratulations, 75-year-old Tim Curry in high heels. Sorry, Kate Hudson. Second round, Sarah Huron. We have Lizzo, who turns 32 this week, versus Jessica Alba, who is 39. That's right. hard. Um, but I mean, Lizzo is just the queen of all queens these days, right? Sorry, Jessica yes. Alba. Oh, sorry, I know you. Alba. She couldn't even handle the cast of Man of 2 0. <laughs> How she, can she handle Lizzo? Yeah. All right, Gwen, our third match, we have Renee Zellweger, who is 51 this week, versus Uma Thurman, who is 50 this week. This is really, really, really tough because Renee Zellweger has shown such metal in her life, in her career. She's like fully back in it, you know, and 
Dorothy Boyd, incredible. I once was at a wedding with Renee Zellweger. She had just had the plastic surgery. So I really wasn't sure like that it was her until I heard her voice. And then I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's Dorothy Boyd and she's beautiful no matter what. Um, But listen, I'm sorry, Beatrix kiddo. She wins Mm. all matches. She would just whip that samurai sword off her back and, uh, you know, just take Renee right out. Oh, so sorry, Renee. Congrats, Uma Thurman. All right, Sarah, there's a three-way, and I'm not talking about a push article, between Tim Curry, 75, remember he's in a corset and heels, versus Lizzo, 32, and Uma Thurman, 50. Uma Thurman, simply because of the Fall Out Boy song. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't Not, even know that. I don't even know that song. You dance like Uma, Uma Thurman. Yeah. And Kill Bill. A, she's she's got experience. Yeah. She's a dance like Uma Thurman from um that famous John Travolta Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Well, congratulations, Uma Thurman. I'm so sorry, 75-year-old Tim Curry. Maybe next year you'll have a shot. Thank you so much to my host, Sarah and Glenn, for helping me spill all of this piping hot celebrity this week. Again, I am Travis Cronin, Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast, with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're just like us. Thanks, guys. <laughs>